G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As a Christian, it's good to know that we serve a God who is willing, able and wanting to restore his people and to equip us to fulfill all the plans that he has for us. None of us is excluded. So an opportunity today to zero in on another of those significant issues that often hold Christians back. A discussion today about things that have affected us and even been passed down from generation to generation. The idea of generational sin passed down from one generation to the next. Paul Ryan is Centre Director of LL Ministries in Australia. It's a non-denominational Christian ministry that began in England back in 1986 and is now established in Sydney and in Melbourne and in 50 centres around the world on five continents. Paul Ryan, a special welcome along to 2020. Thank you so much, Neil. I really appreciate the invite, and it's lovely to be speaking with you. Paul, how common is this, that you would teach on or that people would seek some sort of uh, understanding about this idea of generational sin, things that pass from one generation to the next? Well, in all honesty, Neil, I would suggest it probably affects most of us. When you just look at families, if you just think of your own family, consider patterns you would see that are negative influences that come down, patterns of anger where someone would use a fly, you know, I should say use a sledgehammer when a fly swat would have done, where that pattern of anger response to control a situation becomes patterned into the family line or where there are other negative patterns that come through such as perhaps even sexual sins or other forms of addiction. Um, I mean, the, the real definition we'd probably consider for this concept of generation iniquity, it's really defined as a crookedness or a gross injustice. It's like a lawlessness or a perverseness that enters the family line from the moment the sin is committed into a family line. And then there's a predisposition for that same sin uh, to pull others in future generations into that same area of sin. So you often see it either modeled within families or you could suddenly get a big shock like I did. I, I didn't know a lot of my family members until I met you know, uncles and aunties later in life. When I asked about what some of their life stories were about, I was quite stunned to find that the common sins that I would fall into uh, that were unresolved in my life were exactly the same as these people back three and four generations. These patterns coming down that can affect us. We often see these negative patterns in alcoholism or in other areas in our life that uh, I think most people would resonate with. Paul, let me ask you about what for some is quite controversial, the idea that there might be patterns or behaviours passed down to generations, and we can sort of understand that. There's a biblical terminology in here too that is important, and I'm wondering whether you've got some insight about whether it's different to these uh, generational uh, hand-downs by way of sin, but this idea of generational curses uh, that affect us one generation to the next. Uh, What are your thoughts on the terminology? 
Well, I, I think you're probably using the terminology that Scripture uses. I mean, I mean, right smack bang in the middle of the Ten Commandments, you know, it says, "You shall not bow down or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sins of the fathers of the third and fourth generation of those who hate me." So, right there, we we see a curse. I mean, there was a number of years ago I would have really wanted to have pulled out that uh, concept of sins being passed down to the third and fourth generation out of that passage and hoped it wasn't there. But the reality of my own life with the alcoholism and all the addictions and the pressures were coming down upon me uh, when I was prayed for this specifically uh, and asking the Lord, you know, to help me forgive previous people in my family line that have introduced these sins and to take responsibility for my own sin and then invite Jesus to bring cleansing to that. It just made a huge difference. I felt lighter and felt things lift, lift off me. My own walk, my own testimony is one of the fact that these generational iniquities, sins, curses, whatever language anyone would choose to use, I'll leave it up to them. But there's definitely a spiritual influence that can come with that, as well as just patterns in the family that can be picked up. I suspect there may be some listening to our conversation now, and even with a short conversation and talking about those things that can be passed down from generation to generation. Some people saying, oh, that's the way I am, or that's the way other family members are. Those things have been passed down. There is a certain sense in which you can see yourself almost here as a victim of things that are beyond your control. But let me ask you about whether we actually have a choice as to whether to stay under that control of those generational sins or those curses or whether we have this choice to be able to change? Yeah, great question, Neil. Look, um, we always have a choice. Uh, even the, the Gadarene demoniac who was heavily influenced by a legion of demons, if you consider a legion as being five or 6,000 Roman soldiers, you have to agree that the scriptures are saying he at least had a real lot of demons that were affecting him. He still chose to run to Jesus. We'll always have 51% control. But I'm talking about a spiritual pressure that comes down generationally that tries to draw you into sin. And you have to take responsibility for your own sin. I can't say, oh, well, because my ancestors have sinned, I'm just going to continue in this pattern. I mean, that's really a cop-out. We need to understand there's a holy God who's paid an extreme price to purchase us back. At the foot of that cross, there's a solution here where we can draw upon the blood of the Lamb to cleanse us of not just our own sins, but the sins of those before us who could still be affecting us today. When we look at key scriptures um, that point to that. And so we need to acknowledge our own sin and take responsibility for it. But we can't rely on some generational curse as, as the reason for our sinning and therefore it can never change. In Christ Jesus and him crucified and risen again, there is a very clear solution that God can remove that spiritual pull or pressure to fall back into the same sin if we'd only go uh, to him for prayer. And for those who might understand how to pray into that, uh, the cleansing awaits. I suspect also here that while we might... Uh feel like victims because we're a part of these patterns passed down from our parents. Real anxiety kicks in when our children start to behave the same way that we do or that we have, and all of a sudden we're saying, uh, I wish this hadn't happened to me. I wish our children had turned out to be completely opposite to the way that these behaviours seem to have gripped me. What are your thoughts for parents who recognise that yeah, uh, this has come absolutely. through? And, you know, when we talk about generational curses, uh, you can see this in so many elements of families. So what are, what do you say to that parent who's who's saying, well, I thought it was going to fix itself with this new generation, but it hasn't yet? 
Yeah, look, I, I first of all would want to just um, bring some relief to parents by saying that as a parent myself of six children, you know, it's, it's not like so uh, you, you need to take responsibility as though you have failed as a parent for everything your children have done. Sometimes I think we measure ourselves too early in life as parents. We need to see the fruit come a little later in life. But just to answer the question, which is a very valid one, and we have parents come here quite regularly saying, well, you know, can you please pray for me that my children will stop sinning? And I'll say, well, can you tell me how old they are? And they'll say, well, they're 37. I think, well, that's clearly an adult that needs to be making decisions before Christ in their own right. But if they came to me and they said, well, our child is seven years of age, you know, we, we have seen prayer for the parents for this lineage of sin to cease and it not pass on to the next generation. And even parents being trained up to go back and pray for their own children if they're asleep in their beds, just very gentle prayers that can break these influences coming down spiritually over their children whilst they're asleep. So there is there is a real hope for younger children still within the household where parents can be trained to pray and to bring Christ's solution to that. But if our children now are, are out of hand, as it were, older, adults living away from home, they really need to go on a journey of their own in Christ. I mean, the first and major healing is, do they know Jesus personally as Lord and Saviour? And if yes... Hopefully they would want to receive teaching that could highlight where key issues are in their life that perhaps generational pressures could be bringing down upon them and then they can make decisions after having heard that teaching. Yes, I want to get prayer for this. And if they've seen our lives shift because we've received that prayer, then that would be an encouragement and a testimony for them to do the same. Some will say, is this a pray once and all problems solved or is this a continual deepening dedication and being more a follower and identifying with Christ? So if we're talking about a cure for this whole idea of generational curses here, uh, how do you see that happening, Paul? Well, if I just use, first of all, um, my own life as a testimony, uh, there were certain addictions and patterns that I was trapped in that uh, they had mastered me. I had significant lineage in the family that had struggled in areas of alcoholism and drug addiction and many different areas of addiction. And so there was a lot of addiction in my family line. And there were areas of um, shame and all sorts of marriage breakups and uh, all sorts of patterns that were not very healthy, quite negative patterns in the dysfunctional lineage that I was raised in. And seriously, I didn't even believe that generation equity could affect us. But my theology really was growing very weak and tired on the fact that not a lot was changing my life, no matter how much I tried to pray, read scripture more, or attend more discipleship classes, or go to Bible college. None of that was fixing the core issues in my heart and the wounds that I was carrying. And so in, I guess, surrender, I, I, it's amazing how you hold to your doctrines doggedly until they just don't work anymore. And when I started to realize that actually nothing I was doing or holding to was actually freeing me from this life that I could see promised in the scriptures. And so when I surrendered and, and released someone with permission to pray for me in this area, and I felt a breakthrough immediately, like just immediately, there were just areas of addiction that were broken over my life that just stunned me. It was like, why did I take so long to come to the party? Uh, it, was, it was just an amazing breakthrough for me. Now, is that the case for everyone? 
there are people who would come to our centre here in Sydney um, to receive ministry at Ella Ministries that experience exactly the same scenario. Other people, it's a longer journey because there are more peripheral issues going on in their life. There might be areas of generational influence affecting them, but they're still trapped in the sin themselves and they don't really want to give it up yet. There's areas where they don't really trust God to bring comfort to them and they're still seeking comfort in ungodly ways in the addictions. And so there might be a longer discipleship journey for them. But I would want to promise everyone who listens, all those who seek Christ with all their heart, with all their mind, with all their soul, there is a cure. The cross has a solution. Paul, my first thought is to direct those listening who are saying, I need to have some of this prayer you're talking about, to their local church, to talk to their pastor, to have maybe the elders be part of a prayer, or if there's a prayer line at your local church on a Sunday, to make that the first port of call. But if someone wants to make contact with you at LL Ministries, do you have a team who are able to pray for people? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, look, primarily we would want to make our focus discipleship. How do we bring training and equipping so the saints don't have to find themselves in these scenarios? However, we recognize that when we teach these kingdom truths, we're going to uh, surface in people some of these issues that aren't resolved. And so then we have a team of very capable people who we've trained up to be able to offer prayer ministry to those in need. We do that through our healing retreats, so people can uh, go online and uh, request an application form for one of our healing retreats at ll.org.au or they can phone us on 0246338102 and ask for a healing retreat application form. We would send that out. Um, I think uh, I like the way you said I think it's imperative they go to their, their primary spiritual cover initially, their local churches, to their pastors to see if they can be helped. Uh, we're, we're out working with a lot of churches to try to bring training and equipping to churches in this area. Uh, I don't really want a, a long healing retreat queue at LL Ministries, Neil. I'd rather be training and equipping churches to deal with this within their own churches. Well, let's point... point. Let's point listeners to their local church and there might be some opportunity there to get onto an equipping track to be able to overcome these things in a significant way. I'll point people to the website that you mentioned, ll.org.au. Now, that's not just the letter L and the letter L. It's E-L-L-E-L. That's E-L-L-E-L. Dot org dot au. Paul Ryan is Centre Director of LL Ministries. It's a non-denominational Christian ministry and it's in Sydney and in Melbourne and there are 50 centres around the world on five continents. Paul, thank you so much for taking some time to share these thoughts with listeners today here on 2020. You're so welcome, Neil. God bless. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.